Hey lady, welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Mariuki, leadership coach, career queen, twin mom, and wife. If you are ready to step into the level 2.0 version of yourself, girl, you've just found yourself a cheering squad that will help you do just that and even more. From one career woman to another who navigated the challenges of being a black woman in a profession that lacked diversity with no rule book to help me figure out the keys to climbing the corporate ladder, I am on a mission to change this scene for good. In the last few years of my 10-year career, I not only overcame the challenges that held me back from the mid-level career slump I found myself in, but unlocked the doors to land big promotions in my career, become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm, get my confidence game on and become a trusted leader. If you are ready to shake off the self-doubt that's been holding you back, uncover your value, get seen, promoted, and paid like the leader you deserve to be without more degrees, qualifications, or inauthentic networking tactics, stay tuned because you are about to get elevated. Hey, before we continue with this episode, I want to share this brand new resource that I created and put my heart and soul in getting to you. I am so excited to share with you the Position to Promotion Guide, a brand new free PDF guide designed to help you plan your next promotion. Yep, I said plan. And this guide is going to show you exactly how in five steps. Wouldn't it be great if you could one, start getting the recognition and the money you deserve with the expertise you already have. Two, have the confidence to ask for a salary raise and secure it. Three, become the trusted leader and advisor in your area of expertise. Four, finally get that promotion I know you've been working so hard towards. And five, know how to position for a promotion even if you don't like negotiating like me. Well, the position to promotion guide is just what you need. You need a plan from someone who has actually done this to get the results you've been hoping for in your career. Yes, this guide is exactly how I've helped other women, myself included, secure phenomenal career results, like getting directorship positions at work, 60% salary increments within a single financial year. And it's how you can do so too. Just go to bit.ly forward slash position to promotion to get your guide. I cannot wait for you to get your hands onto this. And oh, did I say I even dropped a free negotiation template in this guide with conversation starters to help you initiate the conversation, which I know can sometimes be difficult with your team leader around your promotion. Yep, I meant it when I said I put my heart into creating this amazing resource for you. Go to bit.ly forward slash position to promotion or check the link in the show notes below. Hi, beautiful lady. Welcome back to episode 81 of the Elevate Her podcast. And from me to you, if you are listening to this on the day that we air, I would like to wish you an amazing and happy International Women's Day. I really, really have become so grateful for this day, although I am still of the belief that we should be celebrating women powerful women, amazing women, inspiring women, all kinds of women every single day. But 
because this is specifically set aside for women, we might as well make the most of it. And so in today's episode, I am actually bringing another live replay from my LinkedIn lives. And this was a pumping episode. This was so I feel I was so inspired as I was talking in this LinkedIn live and really just sharing my story of how I came out of my shell of hiding from my identity and trying to be someone I was not and trying to man up and how sometimes we actually do this even subconsciously because that's all we see. Those are the kinds of leaders we see. And so in today's episode, I really want to help you reconnect back with your cultural identity as a black woman, as a woman of color in the corporate space, because you can thrive as one. You do not have to become someone you're not. You do not have to shy away from your cultural identity, identity, because stepping into your identity is actually how you step into your highest energetic potential. That is how it works. All right, ladies, enjoy the show. Let me know if you have any aha moments. And just a reminder, this month we are actually hosting a live guest expert series on LinkedIn every Wednesday at 8 p.m. East African time or 5 p.m. GMT. So join us in in this month of March and get inspired from the amazing guests I will be having on the show. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to today's Wednesday Live. Today I am talking about how to embrace not run away from how to embrace your cultural identity as a black woman at work. So this is our first Women's Month opener. And whew, ladies, I am so pumped up for this live. I hope you can see how excited I am. And even if you watch the replay, just keep commenting as you watch it, right? Comment when something speaks to you, please put a hallelujah. <laughs> this is one of my favorite emojis, the one with the two hands, or you know, give me a thumbs up, right? Hi Manjo, welcome to our Instagram live. For those who are on our LinkedIn live feed, welcome to today's live show. Okay, so just a few couple of things I want to mention before I go into the topic of the day. We are gonna have a pumping pumping, pumping women's month series. So every single week we are going to bring in a guest speaker, right? So I have guest experts lined up from a personal branding expert. We have Marielle Laguerre. If you follow her on LinkedIn, I have an introvert coach, like she specifically only works with introvert women for, and she's an introvert coach for women. I have someone who is going to come and talk to us about confidence. I also have someone who is going to come and talk to us about how to really just step into your power, you know, and how to identify what you're good at, how to, how do you even know what, what you should be focusing on and how to really sell yourself without feeling like you are being authentic, right? So we're going to have a, an amazing time this month and happy women's month. I haven't even said that yet. So hi, Dr. Judy. So good to see you here again this week. And so, yeah, please stay tuned. And we are going to share the schedule for the month. We're just confirming a few dates, but we should be able to share that by end of the week. And if, if there's anyone you want us to speak to, right, let us know, right? I forgot to mention, we're also going to have a wellness expert, right? So how to take care of your wellness as you are climbing up the corporate ladder, right? Because 
your life is not just about getting to that senior level and securing that leadership position. We also need to make sure that we are still holding true and making time for the things that matter the most to us. For me, that's my kids, that's my family, my partner, right? All those things that I hold dear to me that help me actually become a better woman at work. Okay. So that's it about what is coming up for us in this month's guest expert series. And our first expert is yours truly. So I thought I would do this opener and, you know, just get you excited about what's coming, but also remind us ourselves about the power that we have within, right? The power that we have within. Hi, Sylvia. Sylvia is one of my clients from the Elevate Collective. So good to see you. Sylvia, I will respond to your message after this live. Okay. And so why did I find, why do I want to talk about cultural identity specifically? I'm going to share a story because I think once I share my story, it's going to resonate with you much more, right? So I started my career, what, 10, it's now 11 years, right? 2012 was my first working year. And I was completely green, right? I had no clue. You know, I had zero clue what I was, you know, putting myself into. And I didn't realize how significant it was that I made a decision to enter an organization where I was literally the minority, right? Literally the minority. We, at least in terms of diversity between men and women, they had tried, but diversity in terms of race. I was literally the only black person in the team for the entire time I was there, right? When I was leaving, someone else came in to, he wasn't replacing me, but we always used to joke around and say he was kind of like the black hire replacement once I was leaving. Yeah. And I didn't realize how it had such a huge impact on how I saw myself on how I felt, right, in terms of belonging, I totally didn't feel like I belonged in the team because one, there were no people who looked like me. And two, the conversations that people were having outside of work, I couldn't relate to a lot of them, right? Even simple things like going out for dinner, the choices that would be made were always, I mean, were anti-Black, to be honest. They were anti-Black, right? dinner at a sushi restaurant, having using chopsticks. I mean, I learned how to use chopsticks in my first job, literally, right? And so those little things built up, right? And became huge hindrances, right? And how I thought I needed to deal with this identity crisis I was facing was by trying to fit in to the mold that was sort of, it wasn't created for me to fit in, but that was the only mold that existed because there were no other people like me. So, you know, people didn't know how to deal with black women, how to include, to be more inclusive, right? Even things like bias training, unconscious biases, learning about, there's something else I learned today. I'm going to give you the word once I, I remember what it was, but it's basically when you when you try and mirror the kind of culture, the kind of qualities that you want your team to have, you continue to commend them for those qualities, right? And that also mirrors your personal brand. There's a whole behavioral science around it. When I remember the word, I was actually looking it up on ChatGPT. When I remember the word, I would let you know. I will let you know. Yeah. So all these concepts, I 
you know, they were not even being talked about then, right? Or if they were, yeah, trait effective presence, go and learn about it. It's, yeah, it's just amazing the power of behavioral science and just the power of speaking and words. And people weren't talking about those kind of things. And so I guess I'm not saying it wasn't important in that organization I was in, but by people's deeds, it wasn't, right? And so I had this massive identity crisis and I thought the answer to or the solution was me trying to be someone I was not, right? So I would try and fit in by what kind of hiding my physical or trying to, you know, blend in with others, you know, like with my hair, I would avoid having my hair out like this. My hair was almost permanently in braids because I wanted to have that feel of long hair, you know, like my fellow white female colleagues. And I also thought that, you know, because my name made people feel uncomfortable because people almost never knew how to pronounce it. I thought that the solution to that was just giving them my first name, right? So my parents gave me a biblical name, Rebecca, um, which is fairly easy and simple to pronounce. But my surname, my maiden name at the time, Marete, and it has, it's an M with an apostrophe and then another M. No one ever knew how to pronounce that at the get-go, right? And so I thought to make people comfortable, I would just only mention my name, right? And I took on that identity crisis even when I started to go online, right, with my business. So those of you who've been following me for a while know that I used to go by the name Rebecca K, K-A-Y, because I thought it's just easier. It makes people feel more comfortable if I just use that name than my actual surname, right? And it took me so many years to realize that I was doing myself a disservice, a huge disservice, right? Because one, when you are in an, an identity crisis, you cannot function at your highest energetic self, right? Think of people like Whitney Houston, for example. I was reading her story this morning in a book I'm reading called I Am Her Brand, I Am My Brand by Kubi Springer. I actually have it here on my desk. And she was just talking about how Whitney Houston's personal brand or what people or what they were kind of trying to convey about who she was in the 80s was this church girl, you know, Christian girl, but like who she was really was not really that, right? So there was a disconnect. And apparently the documentary about her, which was released, I think in 2015, I don't know if you guys have watched it, let me know. Apparently that documentary talks about how that sort of disconnect between her real identity and the identity that she was portraying could have further exaggerated, you know, the drugs and all the issues that she was going through in the background behind the scenes. Hi, Wanja. Hi, Evelyn. So good to see you here. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that um, <laughs> that I was going through some similar sort of, you know, um, crisis behind the scenes. But what I'm trying to say and why I gave that example is when you are, so Dr. Judy Wright says she watched it. I actually need to watch it maybe sometime this weekend. When you are not authentically you, you cannot rise to your highest potential. It is impossible, right? You are limiting yourself, right? It's like cutting yourself off by the knee before you have even tried, right? And I didn't realize I was doing this, right? I thought that fitting in was how I was going to win the likability factor of my bosses, was how I was going to make them feel comfortable around me, 
but it was actually quite the opposite, right? It, it didn't achieve that, right? To be honest, it didn't, right? And it took me a long time to realize that. And I was actually having a conversation. Actually, let me, leave, I have so many stories. Let me leave that story until later because I'm going into the tips now, right? Why am I sharing this story? Because first of all, owning who you are holistically at work, at home, in your social life, is so, so key. You need to be the same person, right? You need to show up as the same person at work, at home, in your social life, in your social circles, right? Because that's how you build an authentic personal brand. And that's how you rise into your highest potential, right? And the other thing that now with, you know, Black Lives Matter and all these, you know, movements that are going on that unfortunately weren't there when I started my work life, those have also, you know, prompted people and researchers and scientists to do more around what makes high-performing teams so such good performers, right? And it has been proven scientifically that diverse teams in thinking, diverse teams in how people look, right? Diverse teams gives cognitive diversity and gives a much higher level of performance than people who are in a team who all look the same, right? And so I didn't realize that I could actually step into my power and give different perspectives, right? Because we all come from different backgrounds, even as, you know, Black women, right, sitting in a room, right? Let's say Black women from different countries, we all will have different lens of perspective to give to a problem, to a solution. But when you're trying to be someone you're not, you cannot do that because you want to be the yes person. You want to kind of have that agreement with everyone else in the room so that you don't look like the person who doesn't fit, right? And Dr. Judy Wright says, feeling as if you can't be authentic in your personal or work life can increase stress. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Increase stress, increase the risk of depression and anxiety. I mean, there are just so many unwanted and unwanted things that come with not being authentic, right? Not being who you are, right? So how can we actually step into our cultural power and our cultural identity as Black women at work? First of all, we need to own our physical cultural identity, right? Own that Black hair. And I'm so thankful for people like Tracy Ellis Ross. I saw on Instagram... I don't know if you ladies saw, let me know. I think last week or the week before, she was doing this whole campaign around big black hair, right? Like natural hair is not untidy. And I thought this is just so, so important because we need to say it as it is, right? You know, we've been saying, you know, people should respect um, how other people look, you know, but we haven't really been saying it out as it is in plain English language for our allies, for people who we work with, for people in leadership positions, right, who do not necessarily understand Black culture, right, to know, right, and to realize that just because your hair isn't flowing down and just because your hair is standing up doesn't mean you're a crazy Black woman, right? And so I want us to step into our power and and our cultural identity physically, right? So your hair, your name, right? And when and educate people, right? When people don't pronounce your name right the first time, educate them. Don't tire out on doing it, right? And I remember one of the articles I read last year when I, you know, started this journey of just being more vocal about my experiences around corporate. 
this lady, this Nigerian lady was saying, well, if, if people know how to pronounce, and she, she gave this like, not Spanish, Scandinavian name, I think it was like Tchaikovsky or something like that. And she was saying, if people know how to pronounce that, surely they should be able to make an effort to pronounce our African names. If you have an African name, right. Or if you have a name that's, you know, not mainstream, right. So don't tire out. Own your name fully and with pride because that is who you are, right? That your name, how you look, where you come from comes with diversity in experience, in understanding, in, you know, being able to bring new, fresh ideas, fresh perspectives to the table that can actually have a huge positive impact on your company's objectives and can also help you move ahead right? Especially if you have created those allies, those advocates, those cheerleaders who will see the work you're doing, especially when you showcase that work, right? And who can speak for you in those rooms when you're not in the room, right? And Dr. Judy says, 100%, ladies, drop me a thumbs up, drop me a yes, drop me your favorite emoji if what I am saying resonates with you. So, Let us stop trying to be who we are not. And that goes the same for this whole manning up, right? I hate that word man up, right? And I mean, it's it's been used even in my current place of work, right? I've seen women try to man up, especially when you get to like leadership levels and, you know, the higher up you go, you know what they say? The higher up you go, like a mountain, the thinner the air is. And the same way, the higher up you go, the higher up you rise in the ranks in your corporate career, most likely, I'm not saying always, but most likely most industries, you are going to be a minority statistic, right? And what happens, you then tend to see the people around you are all these males. They speak a certain way. They talk about certain things. And the natural instinct is going to be let me try and fit in. Don't, 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 don't cave into that feeling of trying to fit in. You stand out, right? Because you're going to be able to bring your most highest energetic self, your highest potential when you lean in to who you really are. And Dr. Judy says, 100% own your name. Yes, correct people. Don't tire from correcting. Pronouncing gravitas. Sylvia says, pronouncing gravitas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, don't tire from from correcting people, even on email. That's something I still do. Like, people will still spell my name funnily, right? Maybe with one C or they'll spell it with like a R-A-B. I will correct them, no matter who they are. Even if you're the CFO or the CEO, for me, that's a basic level of mutual respect that I expect from others and that I will give to others right? And even when I'm corrected, right? Because sometimes I will not, you know, pronounce someone's name right the first time, I will actually apologize, right? And send them a note afterwards. Because for me, that's that's a basic level of respect that I expect from anyone, right? No matter how high up you are in the ranks or how low you are, right? And that I will give to anyone, okay? So that's the first thing you want to do. Tip number two, right, is make sure you are counting your credits, right? Because another trap we fall into, and this is where I want to give that second story, is especially when you realize that maybe some of the reasons why you were hired was to raise the diversity levels in the team, 
right? This is something that I found out one year into, you know, one of the places I worked for. And it was so, so painful when I found out that one of the considerations for me being hired was, you know, being that trophy black hire, the diversity hire. And it is so painful when you realize that because then you start to second guess. So was I really good enough or did they just hire me because I'm a woman and they have targets on the level of diversity in their team, right? I want us to step into the full belief that we are where we are because we earned it, right? And counting your credits is one of the way to do that, right? So it's very, very easy to spiral into this feeling of, I'm not good enough after all. I was just hired here because I'm black or because I'm a woman, right? But I want you to continue to credit yourself for your accomplishments at work, right? Every time you have an accomplishment at work, put that into your inventory of credits of your accomplishments and remind yourself, right, that you're not there because you're just filling a statistic. You are there because you have something of value to give. And why is this important? Because I see it. I see it. And people don't even have to say it, but I can tell when I am on a call with, you know, other people and maybe there's someone who looks like me, right? And she's really trying, but I can tell when they don't believe in themselves, when they don't feel like they belong in that meeting, right? It's so, so easy to tell. And I'm sure other people can tell as well. And what happens? you then do not get the recognition that your work deserves, right? People second guess you and the personal brand you are creating by default will not give you the leadership position that you want, right? So we need to do the work from the inside. No one can instill the belief in ourselves. We need to do it for ourselves. We owe ourselves that, right? So if you know, or if you found out, or if someone told you that you were the trophy hire, you're only here because you're a woman, blah, 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 right? I know it's going to feel painful. It felt so painful for me. And I was sharing this story with one of my colleagues yesterday, um, who is now a partner in another country. So he was my manager when I started out and I was just, we were having a catch up and I was telling him how awful it felt when I realized that I actually didn't belong, right? And even though I had tried so hard to fit in, you know, with the braids, the long hair, with sort of my identity, trying to speak like these other people, trying to create synthetic experiences so that I had stories after the weekend to tell that aligned with the kind of stories they would come back with, right? It actually didn't help me feel like I belonged. And that made me feel even worse, right? And to my last point is I want you to also educate others, right, about this, right? Because how we change this perception of the Black women at work, right, it's not only us. We need our allies, but we also have a responsibility of educating others, right? And when I told him my story, he responded and he said, oh my goodness, I didn't know, right? And when we were now reflecting, that's when we realized that the reason why Black people just didn't seem to stick, right, and stay in that team is because they didn't feel like they belonged and no one made, no one took the effort to, to make them feel like they belonged, right? And they thought, he was telling me that they thought that Black people were leaving the team 
because they were getting better opportunities, but that wasn't the reason. That was 100% not the reason, right? The reason was we just didn't feel like we belonged. And, you know, we, we, we found out, like I found out accidentally, right, that my race was a huge consideration, right? And in South Africa at that time, having diversity in teams, in organizations also helps you in raising your sort of BE score. And in that time, you were then eligible to sort of qualify for certain tenders that were only available from the government to people with a certain BEE score and above, right? So it, it was kind of like beneficial for them, right? But then they were also looking at it as, oh, we're giving them opportunities, right? And, you know, I'm grateful that for that experience because I get to share this with you. But if I were to go back and you know, give myself a pep talk and ladies, drop me a thumbs up, drop me an emoji if you're resonating with any of this. I would continue reinforcing the belief, the knowledge and educating others as well. Even that person who told me, because that person was actually in the interview that got me hired, right? So they were on the other side, you know, on the panel, one of the panels. And so they, they knew that they had that insider information. Right. And so I should have educated that person and told them, first of all, I am here because I've earned it. I have a degree just like everyone else who got in here and I am doing the work. Right. I am doing the work. I am coming in, doing the work, doing what I need to do. Right. It might not be perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I am showing up and I'm providing a service. Right. No, I know no one who watches these live videos goes to work and just sits around. We go there and we provide a service, right? So the very fact that you're going to work, providing a service, doing the work, right, is, I mean, that's like proof that you belong there, that you've earned it and you continue to earn it, right? Because it's an exchange. You provide a service in exchange for an income every single month. Okay, so always remind yourself and reinforce yourself and educate others, right? When that comes up, right? Be proud. I mean, lean into it, right? Be proud of it and lean into it, right? Because when you educate others and you make them realize that, you know, you're not just a pretty black face or you're not just a pretty lady face, the respect that you're going to earn from that experience, from that situation, right, is going to be profound right? And could actually help you, right? In building the credits that you need in order to get to the next level, right? So let's not play small, ladies. That's, that's what I'm trying to say from this. Let's not play small, but also let's tell others, right? If I had just told this manager about this, because he, he was my supporter, right? He was there for me. He would give me opportunities, I kept quiet and I thought I was fixing the problem by trying to be someone I was not. But if I had just told him what I was going through, maybe the situation would have been different, right? And maybe the situation would have been better for those who are coming, you know, who came after me, right? So yes, our allies, the organizations, the HR policies, the DEI teams need to do their work, right, in promoting diversity and making sure that leaders are trained on things like biases, are trained on, you know, things like trait effective uh, presence that I told you about earlier on, right? But we also owe it to ourselves and to the other Black women, to the other women who are coming up after us to make sure that we talk about it, 
right? But talk about it with emotional intelligence, right? Talk about it respectfully, of course. And the last tip I would give, vote with your two feet, ladies, right? I think we just need to stop this thinking that we are stuck in one organization, right? Because I can assure you that there are organizations that will value you for the work and the contribution you bring, right? That will not just look at you as a pretty statistic that helps them achieve their diversity targets, right? Hi to the ladies who have just joined on LinkedIn. I can assure you there are organizations out there that are looking for skills like you, that are looking for people with your qualities, right? So if you still do not feel like you don't belong, vote with your two feet. Leave, leave. We have, we always have option. Option and choices are always there. We just need to be tuned to that knowledge and awareness and we will see those opportunities around us, all right? So never feel like you are tied down and stuck to a single organization, right? Where, you know, you feel like you're that diversity target, where you feel like you're just there because of a statistic and you're not moving and progressing ahead, right? And I see Priscilla has dropped me a thumbs up. Hi, Judy. Good to see you here. So I hope you have found this live helpful. I cannot wait to see you in our guest expert series, which is going to be coming up in the month of March. I hope you have an amazing, amazing Women's Month. And yeah, we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Her podcast. If you found this helpful, I would be forever grateful if you left a review of the show right here on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. If you would like more support and inspiration to elevate your career, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Morioki. Or if you're an Instagram girl, let's connect over there. See you on the next show.